Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Before we get in, I want to celebrate real quick. I'm jumping the gun here. I want to celebrate because last Sunday, it, for a regular service, since I've been here, it was the highest attended service. So, so December will be two years since I've been here. So yeah, that's something to celebrate. Um, God is moving and so good, uh, so good to be able to celebrate uh, with you about that. I'm, I'm excited uh, for everything that God is doing uh, here today. Uh, but hey, anybody ever have a bad day? Silly question, right? Right. Anyway, uh, may, maybe you went to leave for work the other day and you left your coffee on top of the car, right? Uh, you know, you were looking forward to that coffee. That was going to kind of kickstart you in the day. Uh, and you left it on your car and you took it. Anybody ever done that before? I've done that before. Yeah, that's no fun. That's a bad way to start uh, the day. Maybe you tried to get the kids going. Maybe tomorrow's Monday and Mondays for everybody are a little, everybody's a little slower going. And you're going to try to get the kids up tomorrow morning and they're not going to have it, right? Uh, especially if you have teenagers that don't want to wake up. In the morning, get up. Anybody, where are my parents at? Teenage, yeah, okay, Luis, I see you, yes. Uh, you got a house full of teenagers. Uh, so God bless you. I will pray and fast for you. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you get to work and nothing's working right. You know, boss is on your case. Uh, you know, like, there, there could be a number of things that we, we fill in there. I want to have a little fun with this. We've got a few uh, pictures uh, to show you. Uh, this is a bad day, okay? Uh, that is not supposed to happen. Okay, the, the boat is supposed to be in the water, uh, not the truck. Ted, I know that would be uh, frustrating. The old GMC out in the water, no good, right? Uh, no good, we don't want that to happen. Um, I've been on a boat where we forgot to put the plugs in the back. Uh, praise God for a bilge pump, because um, uh, that would have been, been bad, but, but that has happened uh, before. What we got next? We got another one. Um, yeah, on the golf course, any golfers in the room? Like, sometimes you get a little crazy on the, on the cart path, and, and you take a turn to... Or you might see a gator. Sometimes there's gators out on the, on the golf course, and uh, you might get a little crazy. Yeah, this is a bad day. Um, I don't even know how that's possible. You can see the guy. I, I can imagine this guy in the picture is like, yeah, see, what happened was, was uh, I was turning, and, uh, you know, that's, that's, I don't even know. Yeah, uh, that, that's no fun. That's called using your head. Um, all right, Ted, I need you to, you know, yeah. Now, this is funny. All right, so, so notice what the caption is, if you can read it. Um, on the road to success, there are no shortcuts. Um, how, how true is that uh, in this moment today? Uh, if you've ever had a bad day, or maybe you will, chances are, listen, we're, we're all going to go through some stuff in this life, right? Uh, chances are you're going to go through some troubles. You're going to go through some trials. You're going to go through some things that test you. They test your patience. They test your faith. They test your salvation, right? The moments when you thought, I'm going to lose my salvation over this, you know. Uh, there's going to be moments in your life that you're going to go through that are difficult. They're going to test you. They're going to, be, they're going to seem crazy. I heard someone say that you're either heading into a trial, you're in the middle of a trial, or you're coming out of a trial. Okay? Jesus himself said, hey, listen, there is going to be troubles. He told his disciples in, in John 16, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Now, in the context of that scripture, obviously he was telling the disciples of what was to come because they were going to face persecution. Uh, Jesus was going to die and no longer be with them uh, physically. So, so he was prepping them for what was to come. But, but that's true for us even today because in this life we will, if you haven't already, face troubles, unanswered prayer, criticism, 
Maybe the loss of a job or searching for a job, health issues, financial challenge, strained relationships, discouragement, depression, things that seem like, gosh, I, I don't, why am I going uh, through this? And it can be easy to allow these moments to, to really take us down. And not just take us down, but keep us down and keep our eyes off Jesus. But it's also moments like this. If we will allow it, it'll test our faith. But if we dig our heels in, trust in God, seek after him and allow him into those moments in life, it'll actually make us stronger. It'll strengthen our faith. It'll strengthen our relationship with Jesus and draw us closer to him. But oftentimes we shrink away from God in those moments. Because it's frustrating and we're human and, and we're going. But, but, but if we'll learn, and, and we've learned that throughout this, this series, if we will trust God, if we'll still pursue him, if we'll, if we'll pray even harder in these troubling moments of life, if we'll worship even harder, if we'll put a praise on our, our problems, then we'll see where, where our faith can be tested but can also grow and be strengthened. And it'll actually draw us closer to God. 1 Peter 1.7 says, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's, it's being tested. Like, this is it. Like, you're either in or you're out, right? This is the moment, man, if my faith is being, this is the moment where the rubber meets the road. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold through your faith. It is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Now, throughout Scripture, you see these different types of fire. Fire is used as symbolism. It's used as a symbolism of the power of God, the fire of God. The Bible says he is a consuming fire, the, the, the power of God. Fire is also used in, in refinement. We see that with, with metals, such as gold, as the, the Scripture uh, told us here just a minute ago. It, it, it burns out the impurities. It's also used when talking about judgment, talking about hell and separation from God. In the fires that you go through in this life, whether it be financial fire, when it seems like the bills are, are piling up and you're trying to budget, but, but, but there's just something just isn't clicking and working and it seems overwhelming. When you're going through that financial fire, when you're going through a health fire and, and you're going through that, that sickness or that illness or, or that doctor gives you that report that you really didn't want to hear and you're going through that health fire or job fire or relational fire. Maybe your marriage is, is having a rough patch and you're really going through that and trying to work through that. Maybe it's an emotional fire, some things that are going on in your life. What are you going to do when the fires of life rage all around you? What are you going to do in those moments? Is that, is that going to be a moment where, again, you shrink away from God and you turn away from Him? Or is that going to be a moment where your faith is tested and you say, no matter what, I'm going to give Him praise. No matter what, I'm going to press in a little more. No matter what, I'm going to pray even harder and allow your faith to be tested to strengthen you and draw you closer to God. See, we like to talk about the power of God. We like to talk about that kind of fire. That's exciting. I could get y'all shouting right now, talking about the, there is power, power, wonder working power. Y'all sing it. In the, of the, yeah, yeah, there is power in the name of Jesus, right? And we will praise and we will shout. Y'all will get, y'all start a praise break right now, talking about the power of God. But no one shouts when we talk about the refining fire of God. Everybody gets quiet. That hurts a little bit, doesn't it? No one likes to talk about that. But there's a fire that refines us. 
it molds us and it, and it shapes us and it, and it burns out the impurities. We, we don't like God to chisel us because that's uncomfortable. We don't like to talk about that. But this is what I know about a faith that's tested. A faith that is tested is a faith that can be trusted. A faith that is tested is a faith that can be trusted. And I want to help you understand that today. I want to help you understand that. I want to help you live this. So since we're talking about fire, and since we've been in this series called Stand throughout the book of Daniel, we're talking about fire and we're talking about Daniel, we're going to go to Daniel chapter 3 today. So if you have a Bible or a device with the Bible app on it, uh, turn there, Daniel chapter 3, and we're going to close out our series Stand with a message called Stand Firm in the Fire. Stand firm. And are you ready to stand firm today? When the fires of life are raging, are you ready to stand firm in those moments in your life? Let me help you with that today. Now, if you remember, the first week that we started this, we were looking in Daniel chapter 1. And we have King Nebuchadnezzar. He was this really powerful king, king of Babylon, evil man. An evil, arrogant, prideful king. He comes in, he conquers Judah. Um, they destroy the temple um, and, and destroy the city. And they come in and they take captive all of the best and the brightest Hebrew boys. And they take them captive and they indoctrinate them into Babylonian culture. Right? And so in chapter 1, we looked at how uh, some of the Hebrew boys, likely teenagers, okay? So I'm, I'm looking at you guys this morning. Likely teenagers that stood out for God in the face of, who knows, because this was an evil king. King Nebuchadnezzar was, was an evil king and, and they stood out. It could have been the end of their life. This could have ended them. They could have easily said, oh, you know, uh, we're going to lock you up. We're going we're to kill you for, for, for uh, going against the king. And when we see where they stood out and they refused to eat the food offered to the many gods and idols that they worshipped in Babylon. Here we see some of these same young men, still likely teenagers, stand up again and stand out against King Nebuchadnezzar. So the king has this big golden statue made, 90 foot tall, 9 feet wide, this giant statue. And it was likely an image of him. In Daniel chapter 2, Daniel has a dream that King Nebuchadnezzar's head would be on a statue of gold. It's likely that this arrogant, prideful dude went and had a statue made of himself so people could worship it. I don't know about you, you're not, you're not going to come to my house and see a statue of me in my backyard. That's weird. That's super arrogant. You don't see that, right? Uh, you're not, you're not now, now, you may have some people that honor other people, and so they may, may, you know, they may make a, a, a statue or something to honor a person. Uh, the NFL and their Hall of Fame, uh, all the Hall of Famers, they get a bust made of, of each one, so, so their shoulders and head gets put in and on display you know, for everyone to see. Um, the greatest, the GOAT, the greatest basketball player of all time. I don't care what any of y'all say. Change my mind. Don't at me, okay? Um, Michael Jordan. Not Braun. Not Kobe. If you got something to say, we can take it outside at the end of service. Uh, Michael Jordan, greatest basketball player of time. We can argue about it. I don't care. Um, but Michael Jordan, great. They have made a statue of him doing his famous, you know, eh, um, uh, you know thing. And, and so it's on display out, out in Chicago, right? But, but they did that to honor him. He didn't go and say because he's like a gazillionaire, right? And, and he's got, after all his Nike deals and his Gatorade commercials, and, and he's like... I, uh, he's a part owner or owner or something like that uh, of a team somewhere. You know, after all this money he's made, he didn't just say, hey, man, I'm the greatest. I'm going to have a statue made of myself. 
to honor myself. He didn't do that. People, people did this for him. So, so here we have, just to explain the pridefulness of King Nebuchadnezzar, he has this giant, and it wasn't just like, it wasn't a bus like in the NFL Hall of Fame. Like this was a 90 foot, like bigger than this building, 90 foot, 9 foot wide, golden, not, and gold. Who has that much gold? You know what I'm saying? Like golden statue of, you know, that's some arrogant stuff right there, right? And then he calls in every government leader, every advisor, every judge, every magistrate uh, to come in and dedicate. They're, they're about to throw a big dedication party. They're about to throw down at this party to worship this, uh, this idol, this golden image. And in Daniel chapter 3, verse 5, he says this. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and other musical instruments, bow down to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. You are so good. And we give you all the praise this morning, Father. I pray that you would speak in such a way to your people today, God, that people would be filled with faith today, God, that people that, that, that maybe have turned away from God, maybe the, those that stopped believing God would believe once again, God, that you would awaken wonder inside of all of us to see you for who you really are, God, to trust in you once again, Father. Have your way in this place. Speak to us, God. Give us a faith to stand firm in the fire. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So, so here, they're like, hey, listen, the, the band, they got the house band. They're about to have this house party kick out, right? And, and they're about to throw down. And, and so they're like, hey, the band's going to go, go off. And as soon as you hear it, um, as, ser- as soon as you hear the beat drop, right, um, everybody, you're, you're going to bow down. You're going to worship at this idol. So in, in the theater of my mind, I'm thinking like 80s hair band kind of thing, right? Um, and, and you got the, 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 the haze, the smoke is rising up. And, and the guy, the drummer's twirling the sticks, right, Ted? And you, you, I, I, yeah, that was you back in the day, I know. Uh, turn on the sticks, and then the smoke is rising up, and it's like a big crash. Dun, dun, dun. Flash pots, you know, pyrotechnics going off, everything's, and then all of a sudden everybody's bowing down to worship them. Everybody bowed down, but there were three young boys who stood tall. Young person, don't tell me you can't stand up in your school uh, for what's right. Uh, for what is good, for what is godly. Don't tell me you can't stand adult at your job when, when everybody else seems like they're doing this or they're doing that. They're going and hanging out at this bar or this club after work. Don't tell me you can't stand up and stand firm in this culture today. Don't tell me you can't stand firm when things are going on all around you. You're going through the fires of life. Don't tell me you can't stand firm because you can and I'm praying that you will have the faith to believe that today. So to help you with that, I want to give you three qualities of standing in faith. Because again, I'm praying and believing you're going to have faith the next time that trial comes. Maybe you're in a trial today. I want, I want you to have the faith to stand in that moment. I want to pray for faith. I'm praying faith will rise in this place today. So I want to give you three qualities of standing in faith. The first is this. Faith obeys God instead of following man. Let me say it again for the people in the back. Faith obeys God instead of following man. We have to come to a place. We have to learn that it's better to offend men than it is to offend God. Where it's okay to stand up and stand out. There's politicians that are trying to tell us what they're going to do. 
when that particular one, he ain't even close to being in the running with the rest of them, so he's trying. I get that. They're trying to tell us what the church is going to do. If not, no, no. That's not the way it's going to work. And we can't allow that to happen. Listen, we got to learn to stand. For, we have to learn to obey God instead of following man. Everyone's bowing. These three boys are standing. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. What confidence, what faith. To stand up against this evil king and say, uh, hey, uh, excuse me, um, no. <laughs> no, we, we, we don't have to defend ourselves. We don't have to do what you say. But that took guts. It took crazy, audacious, uncompromising faith. Anybody in this room have some crazy, audacious, uncompromising faith today? I'm praying that you will by the end of it if you don't. Love that they said they didn't need to defend themselves. They didn't have to explain themselves. They didn't weigh out the pros and cons of, hey, um, man, if, if, if we don't bow, like, we could, we're going we're gonna to die. And not in a pleasing way. Like, we're, we're going to die in fire. That's, that's no fun. <laughs> we're going to die in, in a furnace. They didn't, they didn't weigh that out. They had a moment to decide what they were going to do. They didn't post it on Facebook to, hey, hey, guys, just give me some help here. Uh, you know, got a decision to make. Anybody got any advice? They didn't live stream. Hey, man, we're here at the dedication party of uh, King Nebuchadnezzar's giant statue. Check it out. Uh, you know, uh, they want us to bow, but we don't want to. What should we do? Well, we'll wait till everybody gets on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not gonna do it. They didn't go on Instagram and do an Instagram survey. Hey, should we bow? Yay, nay? Like, what do you think? You know, they didn't do that. They had a moment to decide. Hey, we're either in this or we're not. We're either gonna stand up for God or we are not. Here's the deal: they had already predetermined what they were gonna do in their lives in these moments. This wasn't the first time. Here it is, the, the second time that they, and they had already, this was their life. This was their lifestyle. They had chose to follow God no matter what. Their plan was whatever happens, we're going to obey God. I wonder if that would be any of you here in the room today, that no matter what fire you may face or may be facing today, will you stand firm? Think about how easy it would have been to compromise in this moment. Think about how easy it would have been to rationalize everything out, right? Think about it. Hey, so, so here's the deal, guys. Come on, come on, huddle up. We're going to, they're, they're going to they're gonna tell everybody, the music, so the band's going to play, and, 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 and everybody's going to bow. So we're going to bow, but we're just going to cross our fingers while we do it, right? We're, we're going to cross our fingers, and in our head, we're going to be, uh, you know, we're going to be singing, uh, you know, a praise and worship song, you know? Just a closer walk with thee. Jesus, Jesus is my plea, right? You know, we're, we're going to cross our fingers and we're going to worship God in this moment. Holy, 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 still on God. And they're looking around, making sure no one, you know. They, they could have done that. They could have faked it till they make it, right? Or maybe they could have huddled together and said, hey, hey, we're going to, we're going to, this is because many of us do this, right? We're going to, we're going to worship. We're going to do what they said. We're going to bow. We're not really mean it. It's just going to be for show. We're just, but, but we're, we're going to bow. We're going to do what everybody else says. And then tomorrow we'll just ask God for forgiveness. Right? How many times, how many times have we done that in, in our life? Well, what if they had said, listen, let, let's bow. Let's do this. Because if, if we die, 
Who's going to help rescue our people, right? If we die, who's going who's to help all these people come to know God now? Right? If, if, you know, it comes so easy for them to compromise in this moment. And I promise you, if you are committed to serving God, the devil is going to give you plenty of opportunities to compromise your beliefs. There's going to be plenty of temptations out there that are going to be uh, trying to lure you and get your attention and, and keep you from serving God. I love what's kind of come out in the news here the past couple weeks. There was a Saints uh, linebacker, Demario uh, Davis. Many of you saw this probably. But the NFL was going to fine him for, um, for a uniform violation. Like seriously, uniform violation? Didn't even know they had that, but I guess they do. But he, he wears his headband and says, man of God. And they were going to fine him $7,000 for wearing this. He wasn't even really aware that there was, and no one really knows, you know. Uh, but, but they were going to fine him this, and he appealed, and, and he won the appeal, so, so he didn't get fined. But, but then what he did is he took that $7,000 that he was going to be fined, and he donated it to a hospital. And the community got wind of all this, and they really got behind him. And they were able to raise almost $40,000 to give, to donate to, to this hospital. And I love what he says here. He was quoted, I think any time that the conversation about God is brought up, especially in these times, I think it's always a positive or silver lining. If he can get glory from it, I think he can get glory from it. Come on, man. We've got to learn to, to not obey man, but learn to obey God. That it's okay to offend man sometimes, but it's not okay to offend God. Faith obeys God instead of following man. Another quality of standing in faith is faith believes in spite of what it sees. Faith believes in spite of what it sees. Look at verse 17. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able. Look at someone say able. The God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us. Look at someone say willing. The God who we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Majesty. No matter what I see, my faith says God is willing and able. I want you to write that down, not because it's some great quote, but because I want you to live this in your life. When you face a fire, when you face a trial, when you face a situation, no matter what I see, my faith says God is willing and able. If you see a bad medical report, my God is willing and able to heal. Come on, somebody. If you see a broken relationship... My God is willing and able to restore. Come on, God is in the restoration business. That's what he does. You see a dangerously low bank account, my God is willing and able to provide. Come on, he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is willing and able. And the Bible tells us that he is willing and able to do more than we could ever fathom. We can't even grasp it, really. We get a little taste of it here on earth, but we can't fully even fathom how willing and able he is. Here's the thing. God is not confined by the things that you and I see. He's not confined by the things that you and I see. Man, I, I love for Ted Messick to come up and, and share uh, for just a moment. So you can come on up, Ted. Ted had, a, had one of those doctor's reports that none of us want to hear. Throwing out that word cancer. You know many of you have maybe face that in your life or you had someone in your life that has faced that. And, and that's a fire, man. That, that, that's a fire that, that so many people uh, go through. And I'd just like to share 
uh, with Ted real quick, and I'm not going to do his story justice, but I'm going to let him share. Uh, we were teasing him that, are you going to be able to keep this brief at, at all? But, uh, but I'm okay if he doesn't, because it's a powerful, powerful testament. So go ahead and share with us what God has done in your life. Well, it was uh, this time two years ago, October, and I noticed at work I was went in the bathroom. It was, it was orange, like knee-high orange juice out of a bottle. And uh, we were going to Florida State with my grandson to see him. He, he signed with Florida State. And we were going to enjoy that. And the doctor, I, I was too sick. I couldn't go. So he said, well, if you're not going, we're not going. So I made it. Well, Monday I went for sonogram. The doctor had me in sonogram. And the lady says, if you don't hear from your doctor by 9 o'clock, you need to call them. All right. Well, I'm on my way to work, and I'm just praying, God, I'm gonna leave this to you. Doctor calls, said you need to get to this doctor in Brandon. Well, I finally, finally got over and all, and they said maybe gallstones blocking your bowel duct, it's killing your liver. So we're gonna go in the hospital this evening. We're gonna go down your throat. We're gonna take the gallstones out of the bowel duct. Great. So I've been then had already given it to God. I already claimed to heal him and just stood on his word. So that night they uh I went in the hospital and the lady woke me up and asked me, says, Where do you want to go? Moffitt, Tampa General or Florida Hospital? I said, I don't want to go to none of them. She said, You got to go to one. I said, Well, I guess I'll go to Moffitt. So they set me up an appointment. They went in there and they did the CAT scans and MRIs and the PET scans and went finally for the meeting with the doctor. And he says, Sir, he says, uh, I don't know what to tell you. He said, You may have six months to live. I said, what's, what's up with that? He said, You're in for the fight for your life. You have pancreatic cancer. He says, and There's nothing we have here for you. Nothing but morphine and the lot and try to keep you comfortable. And I was getting sicker every day, and I just got on my knees at home. And I give it to God. I stood on his word. I said, it wasn't in that book. You didn't mean it. You mean what was in that book. So I stood on his word and claimed to heal him from day one. I stood on his I thanked him. I didn't keep begging him. I didn't keep begging him to take this. I thanked him for what he was going to do. I thanked him in the morning, noon, and night. I thanked him. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do. I'm not going to suffer with this. Well, I suffered with it. Two months, I lost a bunch of weight, laid in Moffitt, sick as a dog. Couldn't hold my head off the pillow hardly. Morphine, I had two five-gallon buckets of morphine and Dilaudin. I mean, they just trying to keep me comfortable. Doctor said, keep, get your life in order, sir, because we don't have long. I said, I'm not going to stand for that. I'm not going to have that. I'm going to live. And I told God, either way, I'm going to win. I win if I go with you, God. I win if I stay here. I win. And your word is, is true. It's true as the day is long. And I thank you for what your word said. I stood on his word. So they said, well, finally, if we're going to offer you a chemo, but 
we got to take the third. They brushed the tumor twice, and it was positive. My tumor marker was off the chart. The pancreatic number was crazy. Blood work was just terrible. Billy room and climbing every test, just off the chart. The PET scan lit up like a Christmas tree. It was in my lymph nodes. And it was big as a lime on the head of the tumor. The tumor was on the head of the pancreas, big as a lime, and it had overtaken the artery that fed the pancreas. The tumor was engulfed around the artery. The surgeon said, there's nothing we can do here. We can't touch that. You'll bleed to death on the tape. We're not even going to attempt it. So we'll give you some chemo. If you're here in six months, we'll see. I said, well, y'all don't have to do this. I claim a miracle from day one. They looked at me like I was crazy. I said, God is real. I'm going to receive a miracle. Well, the one old guy almost, almost wanted to laugh, but he didn't. So I stood on God's word the whole time. So I finally got well enough to, to go for the third biopsy. Supposed to be a 30-minute test. They're going to go in and snip pieces of it and build chemo. I've been sick. I couldn't. Every time it's time to do it, I'd get sick, and I couldn't do it. We're talking chemo stuff. So I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't rush it. I got better. 21st of December, I went in. They supposed to be a 30-minute test. They went, went in and take a piece of the tumor. You see it on the screen. They touched it twice. And it's supposed to be a 30-minute test. Well, 45 minutes passed, an hour passed. My wife's thinking, maybe I've died on the bed, on the table. Two hours passed, three hours passed. Still not back. And finally, they brought me back to the, to the uh, recovery room. And the doctor, they wake me up. And what's going on? says, sir, I don't know what to tell you. He said, but today that tumor's gone. <laughs> he said, you're cancer free. Man. He said, you can go home. I said, that's the God I serve. I told y'all that was going to happen. So it was, it was life changing. Of course, I'm praising God, screaming and hollering. Wife walks in, thinks I'm still on that dope, you know. <laughs> so I was praising, and I told her, you tell her. I can't talk. So we just went into praising God hard as we could go. And so he, he said, you can go home. Your blood is perfect. Your tumor's gone. It's gone. We can't explain it. I said, well, what do, y'all, what do you call this? He said, well, we're going to say it's a diagnostic dilemma. I said, oh, yeah. What the other guy? He said, well, it's a miracle. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm going to miracle deal. <laughs> So I got home that night and hadn't had a cheeseburger, hadn't had nothing to eat in a month or so. <laughs> nothing but Dilaudin and morphine. So I wanted me a cheeseburger. <laughs> Biggest mistake I ever made. I shouldn't have ate the cheeseburger. Because by dark, I'm spewing across the driveway. Mm. Ambulance comes and gets me, carries me to Brandon. And another miracle happened. They said, well, you're going to be here at least two weeks, you can't have a drop of water in your mouth. You went into pancreatitis, and you can't have anything. I said, I'm going home Christmas. They said, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. So Christmas Eve came, and I asked my wife to bring me a swab 
for my mouth. It swabbed my mouth, and I started sucking the water out of that swab. And the lady said, don't do that. That's too late. I already had it. <laughs> so I said, my God's already healed me. I'm going home Christmas. I'm going home today. They said, no, man, no, sir, you're not. I said, oh, you can't stop me, I don't think. So I asked them to take the morphine and off of me and get this IV and all out of me. They, my wife brought me another swab. Needless to say, by 2.30 that evening, they were letting me go out the door. And I went home that day, Christmas Eve, and Christmas dinner. I had mashed potatoes, woo, stuff with my family, and I have not been sick another day. Come on in my life. So if you ever doubt God's power, all you do is stand on his word. And uh, I thank God for what he's done in me. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. Come on, tell me. Tell me you can't stand firm in the fire. Tell me you can't stand firm when all things seem to be crashing down around. Tell me you can't stand firm today. You may be going through something, and I, I pray you're encouraged with Ted's story. I pray you're encouraged today by this message. But I pray you do more than just be encouraged, that you would walk out of this place full of faith. Some years ago, a university student was listening um, to the, uh, a Bible reading uh, at, at, a, at a church or at a chapel service. And, uh, and, and the speaker was speaking out of uh, Genesis, and he was talking about creation, and he described how in God's work, he, he, he turned chaos in, into cosmos, and, and he was playing, the speaker was playing on the word let, right? And, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and he urged his hearers to let God, uh, with whatever that meant in, in their life, to, to let God. And, and so this, this word just really resonated with this young man, and, and it was burning in his heart, and he, he took it home, and, and as he's sitting in his room at home, he's like, you know what? What, what can I do with this, God? How, how, how do I let God, how do I let you, God, into my life and into uh, my situation and what I'm going through right now? How, how do I do that? And, 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 and he just felt like he should uh, go in and make some letters. So he carved out some letters out of wood that said, let go. And he, he made like a banner out of it. He tied string to it and, and he hung it up in his room. But, but he was still wrestling with this tension of how do I do this? How do I let God? And he came to the point of frustration to where he, he hit the wall. You ever been to that point where you're frustrated? You just got to hit. And he hits the wall and it actually uh, knocks one of the letters. It knocks the D off of God. And so he doesn't realize it at the time what he had done. So he, he walks out of his room and he comes back in his room later. And the thing no longer said let God, but now it said let go. And it was just a, a light bulb in his life. He said, the very thing that I need to see is right here. I need to let go and let God have his way. And I wonder if you can do that today. I wonder if you can let go of what you see and let God. Are you only seeing the fire that's raging around you? Or will you allow some faith into your life to stand firm? But... What if God doesn't do what I'm believing him to do? Because sometimes we don't see that healing. Sometimes our loved one does pass away. Sometimes God doesn't answer the way that, that we think that he should. And that's a difficult question to answer because God is God. His ways are his ways. His timing is his timing. The thing that we need to understand is my third and final point in worship team. You guys can come up. Is that faithful obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's. 
Faithful obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's. Let me quote the late, great theologian, Mr. Miyagi, from Karate Kid. He told Danielson, teacher say, student do. Teacher say, student do. Like for us, faithful obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's. Look at Daniel 3.18. But even if God doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. It doesn't matter how this thing plays out. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what happens. Either we live or we die. Either way, we're staying firm in what we believe. We're staying firm in God and we uh, know who he is and, and, and we're going to continue to have even if we died today we will be standing for our God and not bowing to yours are you going to stand today are you going to stand and not give in to, to culture and the way it's going and what, what culture would say you're going to stand and not give in to your own desires and what you want to do are you going to stand and not give in to what others might say or think about you are you going to stand against the enemy and when he's trying to get in your head, he's trying to tell you your miracle can't happen, that this is just phony, baloney stuff? Are you going to stand when the fire is raging around you? Will you do what's right before God and trust him with the results? This is not a big deal for us necessarily because we know how this story ends. We know these boys stand. We know these boys are delivered and that God comes and does a miracle in their life. But the boys themselves don't know how this is going to play out. All they knew is what they were going to do. They knew they were going to trust God no matter what. They don't know what's actually going to happen. But they stand firm anyway. And the king orders the furnace to be heated seven times hotter. It brings the strongest soldiers to come in and tie the men up. And they throw the boys in the fire. The fire is so hot that the soldiers are killed trying to put them in. And in verse 24 through 25, I hope y'all are ready to shout. I hope you're ready for God to do something in this place today. It says King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He was in awe. He was in wonder because he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. They are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. God reveals his power in many places, but you'll know his presence best in the fire. I hope you're ready to stand firm in the fire today. Listen, listen, God may bring you out of the fire, but he will bring you out, but bring you through the fire. And there's a reason for that. See, so many times we get frustrated. We get mad with God. God, why do I have to go through this? God, why do I have to go through this hard thing? There's a reason for it. We think that we shouldn't face any troubles or trials or any that Everything should just be perfect in, in our life. But there's a, there's a purpose in it. And you may go through the fire, but you won't be burned. Daniel 3.27 said, They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched. They didn't even smell like fire or smoke, y'all. Come on. They didn't bend. They didn't bow because God uh, moved. They didn't burn. Will you have the faith to stand firm today? Will you have the faith to stand firm in the fire? I want you to go ahead and stand with me this morning. Listen, you may go through some hard things in life. And in that moment, it might like, it, it may feel like things are going to end. That this thing you're going through is going to end you. It's going to be the death of you. It's going to end you. But 
but God. But God. But God. He wants to use that very thing to strengthen you. He wants that very thing to strengthen you so that He can use you for His glory. Look at what happens at the end. Daniel 3, 28, Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were worshiping multiple gods. They were worshiping these false gods and false idols, paganism. And here we have this evil king, this prideful king, step out and say, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They trusted in him and defied the king's commands and were willing to give up their life rather than serve or worship any God except their own. A faith that is tested is a faith that can be trusted. It refines us. It strengthens us. It draws us closer to God if we let it. I don't know why God answers and moves in our lives the way he does sometimes, but I do know that he makes all things work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So today, will you see more than your problems? Today, will you see beyond what you're going through now? Today, will you look beyond the flames and see Jesus in the midst of the fire? Come on, can you lift your hands this morning? Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.